Transformational Tuesday on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. <laughs> I'm Sarah Golseth. It is. Uh, it's always uh, just encouraging to hear that uh, stories of how uh, Christians working together to provide for and and to care for the needs of others, and it and it goes well. Yeah. You know, the, the the Lord blesses it, and it goes well. Yes. And there are uh, more needs now happening with the uh, the floods in mm-hmm. Nebraska and surrounding states. So we'll get an update on that from the Reverend Michael Meyer. He's a manager for LCMS Disaster Response. Joining us by phone this morning, Pastor Meyer. Thanks so much for being our guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. What have we learned uh, from the reports from congregations and districts regarding the flooding in Nebraska and surrounding states? Um, you know, that's a very good question. Uh, it seems to be, at the, at the moment at least, that uh, uh, the state of Nebraska seems to be suffering uh, from the most widespread damage, at least. There's some reports here and there from Iowa and uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota as well. Uh, and I'm sure that there are uh, places in other states that are uh, suffering through uh, flooding, especially as we get into the, the spring thaw here. Uh, but in Nebraska itself, uh, there's uh, a number of rivers, the Platte River and the Missouri, that are uh, uh, over their banks, and they are flooding communities uh, in, in that, that lie along them. So uh, there's three communities in particular in Nebraska, at least, that we are uh, keeping a very, very close eye on, um, in part because they've already received extensive uh, flooding. Uh, those three communities are Columbus, Nebraska. Uh, we have, I think, six congregations in Columbus, Nebraska. It lies on the Platte River. And uh, one of the bridges going into town that goes over the river has been washed away. Uh, so that's limiting access in and, in and out of the, the community there. And we also, I've, I've heard this from our district disaster response coordinator, that one of the congregations has a preschool daycare associated with it that is a, a total loss from the floods. Now, I don't, I don't have the, the definition for what that means on whether or not it, I mean, my guess is that the building itself is there, but that w- when you look at the damage of it, it's going to have to be completely uh, 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 gutted and uh Re, uh, rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one community that we're looking at. Another one is in uh, Fremont, uh, which is um, a little east and uh, uh, south of Norfolk and north and west of Omaha. Uh, from uh, the reports that we have coming in, uh, the city of Fremont, where we have a couple of uh, different LCMS congregations, uh, is that it's an island. So there's really, it means there's no way in and out of that community right now. Um, now, uh, these were reports that came in on Sunday, uh, which is two days ago, and uh, it's possible that uh, the waters have receded, uh, uh, at least temporarily, uh, so that there may be access uh, to those uh, to that community again. Um, so we're keeping a very, very close eye on there, uh, on, on them. Uh, we had reports uh, of Norfolk, Nebraska, which is kind of the it's the home of Orphan Grain Train. I'm, many of our listeners might be familiar with Orphan Grain Train. Uh, they ha- they've helped out quite a bit uh, in uh, other and previous disasters, providing shipping and logistics and those kind of things. Uh, so we were concerned for a little while that they would uh, be a direct victim of this particular uh, disaster, but it seems like they they've been spared, and we're very grateful and thankful for that. In part because now we can partner with them locally 
uh, to respond to the communities around them uh, to logistically and get materials and things to the people who need it. What is the immediate need for uh, for these communities and other communities that are affected by the flooding? Well, right now, I mean, the the, the, the most immediate need is prayer. Uh, some of these communities uh, do have needs of food and water because, you know, water systems have been compromised uh, with the flooding or the, the power is down so they can't, you know, the, the, the water companies are not able to provide it cleanly to the customers. So that's some immediate need. Now, thankfully, uh, we're, we're, LCMS disaster response is rarely alone in, in, uh, in response to disaster. There's always countless other organizations that uh, step in and help fill many of the gaps. And one of them, uh, like the Red Cross, is normally very good at providing water uh, after a disaster. And so one of the things that we like to do in, uh, uh, in, with our Lutheran response as we partner with congregations is to actually find another need that is not being covered by one of those organizations. So uh, what we feel this is going to end up being uh, here in the, the midterm is the, the, uh, the coordination of volunteers in many of these communities. Uh, so we have a lot of trained volunteers, alert volunteers throughout the state of Nebraska and the surrounding states that uh, we may be calling upon them here in the next uh, the next week or so and giving them information for uh, where to volunteer and how they could go about doing that. But right now it's, it's a little wait and see for us in that uh, uh, as the waters recede, we want to be able to find uh, and uh, identify a couple of good places where we can direct material goods so that they can be well positioned for the distribution and the helping of uh, the most amount of people. Yeah, it's kind of a, a waiting, uh, there's certainly a timeline of waiting here, wait till mm -hmm. the water recedes and then uh, go through that. And we've learned from, uh, I'm sure from, from past flooding, especially here in Missouri and other parts of the country where uh, there's just the, there are steps that that some have to to take some time. Once the waters recede, um, what typically would be the next step in a flood situation like this? Well, one of the things that we're going to do, the waters are receding this week. Uh, so on Thursday, I'm going to travel there and, and uh, visit with the district president and and uh, with the district disaster response coordinator. We're going to visit a number of these communities, the ones that were most impacted that are we're, we're that we're hoping to be able to set up a couple of what we would call mercy centers uh, associated with congregations. So we want to lift up the congregations and their ministry to the community that they're already uh, engaged in uh, and increase their capacity. Sometimes that means we might partner with the district to put in a, a, a you know a part-time volunteer coordinator where we might help staff um, uh, a person in one of these communities uh, through the local congregation to connect volunteers with homeowners who need uh, their homes mucked out. Uh, that's really going to be the next step, that as the water recedes, all these homeowners, uh, they're going to need to get things cleaned up. The longer the homes sit there, uh, the, the dirtier uh, uh, they get, uh, if that makes sense. Because if they've been in water, uh, the drywall, everything's going to soak up that water and mold's going to start to grow. Uh, now, thankfully, it's cooler now. It's not, it's not in the middle of summer. Uh, so that will inhibit mold growth, but uh, it, uh, it's not going to inhibit it completely. So it'll be muck out, ripping out drywall, taking out uh, furniture and uh, carpets and those kind of things to, uh, so that the whole house can dry out before you start putting things back together. 
You mentioned earlier that roadways and bridges certainly have been impacted by this. Um, but uh, as we look forward to the future and partnering with congregations to help them be a resource and to serve uh, ways to serve their community, have any church buildings been affected by the flooding in significant ways that might impact their opportunities to serve? Uh, to my uh, to my knowledge, uh, the church buildings have been spared. Now, again, like I said, that's to my knowledge. Uh, this, uh, we we may have uh, uh, some extenuating circumstances that I have not heard about yet. We do have the one uh, daycare center in the preschool that was uh, uh, that their building was significantly impacted. So that's that's going to prohibit their ability to serve the community in that way until it gets uh, back up to uh, speed. What are the ways that um, that we, our listeners, can uh, can help? I know that uh, certainly prayers. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can certainly be lifting up uh, these folks in Nebraska and surrounding states who are affected by the floods in prayers. Uh, other ways that that we might serve, and uh, while we wait too. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a number of ways. Uh, we're going to be taking down some gift cards and perhaps making some equipment purchases this week. And to do that. Uh, it'd be uh, uh, a great blessing uh, to partner financially with so many people. Uh, they can uh, follow us on Facebook to, to see those updates and see how to give. You can also go to lcms.org, uh, and uh, it's a rotating tile. It means it's uh, when you open up the, the main uh, LCMS page, uh, you'll see it rotating across the top in the pictures uh, for disaster response on how to give and how to learn more about uh, what's going on and how to help. They can also text uh, GIVE to 41444, uh, and uh, it'll begin a series of questions on, uh, on how much you would like to give and in what way. Uh, so that's a very simple way to uh, provide a donation. And then everything that we receive for uh, a flood response, we make sure is used in uh, the response to floods. Uh, so it's not going to be diverted into, into other areas. Now, if someone is interested in uh, in volunteering, uh, maybe who's close to Nebraska but uh, but hasn't done that yet, are there things steps that they can take now uh, to prepare themselves to volunteer uh, as they wait for the for the waters to recede? Yeah, for those that are, that are already trained volunteers, we we uh, we just sent out an email to all of our trained volunteers that we have information on uh, to. Uh, uh, to get them into a database that we've been building, and then with that database, we'll be reaching out to them with via email uh, to uh, uh, let them know of those volunteer opportunities. So for those that are local uh, and close by that have uh, uh, been LERT trained, they can uh, use that email, or you can uh, simply email us, disaster.lcms.org, and we can get you a link that will allow you to... to uh, be a part of this volunteer database to receive additional information. There's also going to be uh, tons of information on the Nebraska District website, uh, so I'd be remiss not to to mention that. I don't have the, the full URL in front of me for that, uh, but if you were to type into uh, your web browser, uh, LCMS Nebraska District, uh, it would be one of the first links brought up. Very good. The Reverend Michael Meyer, who's manager for LCMS Disaster Response, thank you so much for uh, sharing this update with us, and certainly we'll be including the folks in Nebraska and Iowa, Wisconsin, Colorado, the surrounding states uh, as they are encountering the floods there. Thanks so much for being our guest this morning on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Safe travels as well mm-hmm. as you make thank your you. way there. Yeah.
Coming up later this week, we had the opportunity to visit with uh, two authors in The Lutheran Witness. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to record with them. Both happen to be seminary professors, both uh, named Joel as <laughs> it was well. Joel Day. It was. It, it's Joel Week <laughs> on the Coffee Hour as we have a chance to uh, talk with Dr. Reverend Dr. Joel Bierman and Reverend Dr. Joel Ilowski, both seminary professors who contributed to the March issue of The Lutheran Witness. Some good stuff. I really think um, that uh, we're maybe we're working on some, some theological degrees here with this. I think so. Uh, only like I'm okay with that. 200 more interviews and we should be close <laughs> to having the credits for one class, yeah, maybe. Sure. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the Coffee Hour today. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm